For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're digging into YouTube's audience and subscriber growth, Periscopes, live streaming with guests, and other social media news from the week with our special guest, Luria Petrucci. Welcome to the show, Luria. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me. A <laughs> uh, couple things real quick before we get into our first segment. I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World 2019. Join thousands of fellow marketers at the Mega conference designed to inspire and empower you find out more by going to smmw19.com also don't forget to join us for our weekly tweet chat the hashtag is sme chat and we do it every wednesday 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific and also did you know we have a an alexa flash briefing you can find that it's going to deliver the breaking social media news to you find it by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash alexa i apologize for turning all your devices on just now <laughs> so uh luria is the professional one of the professionals i should say you're not the only professional you're the professional over there you're one of them <laughs> let's just take it let's just <laughs> David, uh, just claim it all you're you're from live streaming pros you guys are live streaming pros and you do live shows dedicated to helping businesses produce professional live streams. So I thought it made sense that since we've got a couple of different networks with a, with different video and or live video news this week, yeah. it makes sense for you to be our guest and not only our guest, our special guest co-host. And not only that, you've been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World now for 2017, 2018 and upcoming in 2019. So it's going to be great. Yes. So let's jump right in here. First thing's YouTube here. So Grace, take it away. So Alphabet uh, released its uh, Q4 2018 earnings. And this big story was YouTube. It has more than 2 billion monthly users now. Uh, the number of channels with more than 1 million subscribers has nearly doubled over the last year. A number of the content creators on YouTube are now earning between 100,000, or no, sorry, 10,000 to a million from YouTube AdSense. And this number has grown 40% as compared to a year earlier. So YouTube is definitely the place where uh, Google is seeing a lot of its growth and the place where people are, they're saying that people are coming not only for entertainment, but also for information, for research, for studying, and it's a place to discover things. So while uh, YouTube's ad sales are continuing to grow at a strong pace, it is at the cost of, video content is rising. So they're saying that there's a huge demand for professional content and video, especially now for uh, YouTube's newer service or subscription services, YouTube Premium and YouTube TV. So that's the story. Yeah, Grace, when we were talking about this in prepping for the show, you said, well, this was an alphabet call, but YouTube was definitely the darling of the call, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that was that's where all the stories were as was YouTube's growth. So uh yeah, it's definitely uh, where they're putting their efforts this year. So uh, these are big numbers. Luria, what's your take on these? What's your initial take on these numbers? I'm actually very excited to see those numbers because YouTube has had a little less than ideal um, kind of attitude from its creators lately, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, and so they've had quite a few problems over the last year, year and a half. And um, they've they've hit some issue points with their creators, but yet even given that, it's so exciting to actually see the fact that it's still 
on the rise, right? And and of course it is. Like, of course it is. YouTube is going to be massive. If you're not already putting your efforts there, you've got to, um, you know, it's because people, people are searching for content. People are desiring more and more content. And we've been saying for years that video is the way of the future and it doesn't negate podcasting or blogs or anything like that. But at the same time, when people are looking for information, they go to YouTube first or they go to Google, which leads them to direct to YouTube, yeah. right? It's it's vital that you start to put content out that matches your brand and the information that people are searching for. People are going to YouTube for four different reasons. They want to watch videos for four reasons. One, to be educated. Um, so they want to learn something. So the how-tos of the world, right? Second, they want to actually... Um, like understand something more, not, not necessarily learn how to, but like social impact type of conversations, then they want to be inspired or they want to be entertained. Those are the four reasons. And if you can produce content based on those four reasons, you are going to succeed much better. Absolutely. So I have a question for you about that. Uh, they were talking in, uh, I think it was one of the uh, officers, uh, chief officers, was talking about how people are going there to expect more polished content, more professional looking mm-hmm. content. Um, and that mostly has to do with their subscription service, their premium channels, yeah. uh, YouTube TV. Where does that leave us as marketers, like the demand for more professional content? Should brands be looking to create more polished video? Because there was a time, especially with the rise of live video, that you know, no one really wants your polished video, right? It was all like live, a little bit mussy, you know, sitting here in your home office, you know, like, yeah, yeah. just more fun. So, I mean, what should we be looking at creating more professional polished looking video to compete with what's already being pushed on YouTube? This is this is my thought on the whole polished versus non-polished. And I teach <laughs> both professional and raw live video, right? And so yeah. this is kind of how you have to think about it for your brand, the polished video, the professional looking video, the stuff that actually gives you instant credibility is vital for building reputation. Um, like if somebody is searching for a how-to on something, they are not going to be looking to somebody who they don't know or trust yet where it looks like crap, it sounds like crap, it doesn't give them a good feeling for you, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. in terms of the audience generation and the, the the audience building process, that instant credibility factor is actually vital. Um, but then the rawness comes into play when you're connecting with your audience. And so that can play well, really, really, really well in live video. And so, you know, you want to do both. You want to have a strategy that integrates both professional and more raw stuff. So uh, if it's hard for people to wrap their brains around, brands especially. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's just so, so important. <laughs> One of the things that jumped out to me was this, uh, um, the fact that there's a couple, actually a couple numbers here. The first one being um, that the 1 million subscriber, channels with 1 million subscribers almost doubled. They say nearly doubled. So it's got to be close to, you know, completely doubling. So Geez, I, I mean, I can't, I can't believe that like that many channels were able to jump that much more. But I guess uh, did, it happened. did they specify though? I didn't see this. Did like in terms of their specification, I couldn't find it. Do you, did they specify whether it was ad revenue or whether it was just channel revenue because of super chats, things like that? Well, what I was referring to was one million subscribers. So channels right, that had more than one million subscribers, but their revenue also increased, right? Yeah. Well, then that's the second number that I was going to bring in. And that's where you're going is that the content creators on YouTube that were earning between 10,000 and $1 million mm-hmm. yeah. uh, from YouTube AdSense. So they know because they're paying this out um, that that grew by 40% compared to the year before. With both views and revenue, it's, it's interesting to see this increase because like years ago, 13 years ago, when I got started, like a hundred thousand was like through the roof, incredible yeah. numbers. Right. And now it's like, is making a million dollars on unpacking videos or what uh, unboxing videos just makes you question your whole life. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just, I, I, was, I was, I was going to actually do a 
puppy unboxing channel <laughs> just oh, to get wow. the views. <laughs> I thought it would go over without a hitch, but anyway. <laughs> Marketing ideas right now, right here on the show, people. Just giving them get, away. Get them while they're hot. <laughs> But it is it is interesting to kind of watch this growth period that you're that you're pointing out because this this really refers to how many people are coming on board. It seems like everybody's online, but I guarantee you they're not, right? We have mass growth in terms of people actually using the online tools that we're also used to. And so it's important to realize that when you're thinking about your marketing um, strategy is that there are so many people coming into this new, and that's why you're seeing that growth. The numbers of of growth online over until 2025, I think is just insane. It's insane. They keep talking about what, what was, what's the statistic that's out there. I'm, I know I'm pulling this, you know, out of the blue, but it's the, the statistic that of the internet content that it, that the, the majority of it will be video by what 2020 or there's something that was like 90% of video, 90% yeah. of internet will be video by 2020. And I'm like, I, I should probably really? know that like right uh, off the top of my head, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody came up with it off the top of their head as well, because it's one of those 70% of the time it works every time kind of a statistics, you know? So. But it's anyway. why it's why you got to start doing it right, like it, and stand out of the crowd, outside of the crowd, right? And so professionalism helps you stand stand out, and also community focus helps you grow beyond just being another video out there. Uh, in terms of this growth, is there any other um, insights or thoughts you guys have before we move on to this other YouTube news? I think I'm good. I will take yeah. the silence as a move on. So YouTube, <laughs> uh, YouTube, move along, Eric. YouTube addresses dislike mobs on the site. And dislike mobs almost sounded like a rap group to me at first, but <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's, it's a coordinated effort to dislike or downvote videos. And so YouTube is uh, going to do something about this. So I found this interesting. Yeah, the recent issue of Creator Insider, which is YouTube's corporate series for creators, it's uh, one of its project management directors, Tom Leung, uh, addressed this concern and said that dislike mobs are a big concern. So they're discussing uh, experimental things that they're thinking of doing to prevent dislike mobs. So they are considering turning off rating counts by default. Uh, they're looking at requiring people to give an explanation for why they dislike a video, much like when you uh, ask Facebook to to stop showing you an ad, they'll ask you why why it's irrelevant, repetitive, wrong, whatever. Um, YouTube is also looking at removing just the dislike count, allowing people to like a video but not dislike it, or remove dislikes altogether. So each of these solutions, of course, has its drawbacks. For instance, you know, there sometimes it could be logistical headaches or people just maybe disliking a video. Or, like I use the dislike feature to just say, hey, I just don't want to see any more of this content. Nothing personal. I just don't want to. I want to do, you know, I want to see something else. And then they're also looking at removing dislikes as being extremely undemocratic. And so they're considering different options. And I'd love to get your take on each of these, Luria. Like, what do you yeah. think? I mean, is this something that you've encountered or seen? <laughs> I, I haven't encountered like people intentionally doing the mob thing. I do have a viral video out there that has millions of views that has, I can't even tell you how many dislikes. I, it, it's insane. People didn't like my voice. So, you know, um, <laughs> but whatever. So I have experienced that, you know, that process of like huge amounts of negativity. Uh, of course, I've been doing video online for 13 years. So of course I've experienced it, right? <laughs> but the, the dislike mob is, is such a, an issue for people because of the negativity. And, and once negativity starts online, of course, we all know yeah. it just takes off. And so that was pretty much what happened with this one video is that I, never, I didn't actually see that there was some activity on it and it turned really negative really quickly. And once it starts, you can't undo it. It's like, it just goes, it has a life of its own. And so that's why these uh, negativity mobs, whatever they're called, um, that that's why they kind of exist. They just want to kind of take people down. I love the idea that they put out of actually, if you hit the dislike button, why? Like, tell me why. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is the answer to this problem because it actually makes people think 
rather than just act. I've never hit the dislike button on any video, to be honest, just because I don't, I don't have any desire to tell people they suck, but, um, I, I get your reason for, you know, yeah. I just don't want any more of this content, but still, I just don't want to use it. But, uh, I think that that would be the answer is tell me why it's like kind of when we unsubscribe from emails, right? You yeah. get the option. Like, why are you choosing to, 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 to remove yourself from this? Um, and if I in never your signed case, up for it in the first place is usually the answer there, <laughs> but <laughs> you're spamming me, <laughs> but I think that that would be the ideal solution because it's not about, you know, removing it. It's not, it's about giving people still the choice to choose mm-hmm. to do it, but mm-hmm. still respond with some thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should build that out 100%. Well, and I think Absolutely. that it needs to not just be check one of these options it needs to be you've got to write a statement of a certain amount of characters saying you know why you <laughs> that don't might be going a little far but <laughs> well, well, well i mean but i have a reason behind that okay. because if it's just two clicks instead of one to do a dislike mob then it's still going to happen you know yeah. but if we have to interject some thought behind it then you yeah. know it almost needs to be like a captcha of some sort to where we can prove you're not a bot, a, a, yeah. you know, a dislike bot, basically. That, that mm-hmm. would be ideal. I don't think they'll ever do that, but that I agree. Yeah. That would be certainly ideal. And I think one of their concerns was that, hey, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make people do that for the like button. Why would we make that people do that for the dislike button? But that totally makes sense because of negativity. Once negativity starts, it grows. And that is the, that is true of our own brains, right? Once we start mm-hmm. thinking negative thoughts, it just soars and we have to really work to turn it around. And it's not the same with positivity actions, right? It's like positive is good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just, I hope they do something. What do you think about the idea of removing dislikes altogether? I, I kind of like it because if you can only upvote something and there's not the opportunity to downvote it, then you just kind of take the lack of a downvote I don't know. You you take it yeah. out of the equation. In other words, I don't know. But I think I think definitely if they had an option to just say, "Oh, I just don't want to see more of this content," or well, and, but even they do in, in some ways. Yeah. Well, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The uh, bubbles underneath the video where it says, "Hey, I want to see more of this," and so it's more of a yeah. positive thing. So let's say that I want to see more about email marketing, less about uh, you know content marketing. So I click like I want to see more. Just saying, hey, I just don't want to see more of this topic right now, but it has nothing to do with whether I like it or not, that would give that crowd of people. But it's, I think that's completely different than a dislike mob. That's just like rampant meanness on a, yeah. <laughs> on, yes. a on a mob level. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I do like having the ability to say, Hey, you know, this wasn't a good video. Like it's okay for us to accept negative negativity as long as it's like constructive criticism, sure. right? Because yeah. we need that to grow. We need that to get better. There are times when we produce something that we think is fine or awesome and the world tells us no, and you have to actually pay attention to it, whether it's coming from a place of, you know, mob mentality or from constructive criticism, you still have to kind of look behind the curtain there and say, all right, what can I do better next time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? so yeah. I like having some kind of feedback in that sense. So, but then again, there are comments. There's always the comments. Yeah. Well, again, this so, is something that they presented to the creators on mm-hmm. their creator channel or creator re- uh, video the series. Insiders, and yeah. So, yeah, so they're asking, and they are asking for feedback from creators because they're the ones that are experiencing it. They're the ones experiencing the feelings and and wanting to know, uh, like you said, Luria, like wanting to improve. I mean, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with wanting to improve. So they are looking at different solutions. They are making this an open dialogue and they're not doing anything right now. They're just wanting to put it out there. So again, I don't think that this is something that I don't, they're trying not to interfere with user experience, but it is something that they're, they know is a problem for their creators and they want to support them, which yeah. is great. So which is great. But let's be clear. Oh, they haven't done anything yet. No, they're no. talking. This is all talk about what options they could be doing. So don't and mistake I, us saying any of these as they've done this. Right. I love that they're doing this now, which is mm-hmm. fairly recent for them is like, Hey, these are the things that we're facing let's open up the curtain and show you behind the scenes of the conversation that we're having internally and let you be a part of that conversation. So 
if you want that kind of mentality from YouTube to continue, then you've got to actually speak up and participate in that conversation. I'm telling myself this more as, as much as I am you, but like, you've got to go take the time to go respond and participate in that conversation. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's move on to the next piece of YouTube news we've got here. Cause we've got a couple more. I think YouTube killing it's, it in the news. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so there's two new experimental things that they're rolling out this week and I'll go through them really quickly. So the first one is YouTube is now allowing advertisers to purchase their masthead ads. So that is the, ad placement, right? When you open up the mobile app for YouTube, that it's the very top video that you see. So it's on the homepage. First stop, it is highly sought after, highly coveted and high impact. It used to only be available on a standard cost per day by country. Uh, now they're making it available as a cost per thousand buying model and you can customize your audience. Uh, previously, it was just one advertiser per country per day, but now they're they're making it more viable. This is still in the beta testing phase, but they have opened it up. So uh, Google is saying that if this is something that you or your company are interested in to contact your sales team, and they even offer a preview of a masthead, ha, masthead ad uh, on the YouTube masthead preview page, which we will link to in our uh, show notes. And, um, and it gives you an idea of what this ad would look like. Um, the big thing about this is the reason why they're rolling this out, which is the home feed has become a destination for users to discover new content, new videos. And there's a stat here where they're saying that content discovered on YouTube's home feed has grown tenfold in the last three years. And it's been rolling out new features like autoplay on home, which helps people preview and watch videos on the go without audio and makes it easier for people to discover things. So we'll definitely get more information on that. Uh, to you in the show notes. And then the other thing is that they are expanding uh, the Explore tab on mobile devices. So this is something they started testing on iPhones in, I believe it was July of last year. And it just, it's an experimental feature. And I think, and it just shows you different uh, because you like videos on animals. Here's some more videos on animals, and you know, <laughs> like trending and there's a spot for originals or uh, videos that are on the rise, gaming videos. So again, they're rolling this out to more devices. So it was just on the iPhone. So now it's on iPads, Android devices and tablets, and also on the desktop. Again, this is just something they're experimenting with towards a small amount of people. But with these two features, it looks like they're really focused in on searchability and discoverability. And I'd love to ask Loria, what are, uh, what are some things that marketers or creators can do to increase their searchability and discovery of their YouTube content? Because not everyone's going to get the big, you know, masthead ad, right? That's, that's no <laughs> premium. And then I think that the uh, Explore tab, I mean, it's based on the algorithm or maybe it shows, I don't, I don't quite remember. Maybe you can tell us more, but um, you know, how can you do this on your own? I, it's all about creating, especially for marketers specifically, like it is all about creating content that people are searching for. So essentially you have to create content that is already something that people are searching for. For example, let me just kind of show you something that we're working on currently as well, because YouTube has not been a focus for our brand in the last two years. However, this year it is massive. So we have now created this whole spreadsheet full of keyword specific, you know, content um, that we're going to create content around. Is it necessarily what I want to put out there? Um, not exactly. So like I teach the four levels of live video, right? And so that is a message that I want to send out to the world about how you can position yourself in the world of live and professionalism and all of this. Right. And so, but nobody's going to search for that. It's never going to be on the explore tab. <laughs> so what kind of content can you create that matches the message that you want to send out and also be searchable, be something that people are interested in finding. That's your step one. You've got to do that keyword research and create that kind of content. Secondly, it's got to be entertaining. It's got to be fun or impactful in some way. And so matching that th those two things is going to be more likely to land you on that explore tab, getting engagement, getting people to respond, getting like all of it, it all works together. And so you can't just rely on one tactic, if you will. Right. And it sounds like getting people to uh, get interested in that first second, right? Like I don't, it's I within don't the first three seconds, okay, the, the yeah. first three seconds, if it doesn't match your 
thumbnail, the message of the title, and they don't really understand what you're doing in that video in the first three <laughs> seconds, or they are attracted to it in some way to stick around, you've mm-hmm. lost them. So that first three seconds is vital. Yeah. I see people looking at this new discovery stuff and saying, okay, so I've got to create content that fits into this stuff specifically, or else it doesn't matter what I'm doing. And that's almost too narrow of a vision or it's almost too much of a, I'm going to gamify the system by going that direction. Keep in mind that this is, this explore tab is actually different for everybody, right? So it it depends on who you got to think about your, your target and, and what they're actually watching find out, like find out what they're watching and connect somehow in some way to that, that content that they're already consuming. Um, and that'll, that'll help you. Another thing I love about this is that they've integrated a under 10,000 subscribers area for people to explore. Meaning, That's cool. Yeah. I love this. I, I hope I hope that the algorithm plays well to it, but, um, you know, it's like who's, who's under 10,000 subscribers. This is the kind of content that you may actually like that. They're just undiscovered at the moment and check them out. You know, it's based on the, some of the million subscriber people you already watch. So I, I think that's very, very cool of them. And I hope, hope, hope that it actually helps break some people out. Absolutely. that under 10,000 thing makes me think of the like, oh my gosh, like I knew about this band way before everybody else did. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I knew them they were big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Okay. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? We've got more. Are we done with YouTube? Is YouTube it? Yeah, that was all the that's, YouTube. That's all YouTube. YouTube news of the week. There's a lot of so, it. So, yeah. So that is the YouTube news of the week, YouTube growth and a bunch of, a bunch of other stuff there. But let's move on to – so let's move on to this. This kind of was a last-minute thing yesterday that I saw and said this fits in with what we're talking about here. Uh, let's pivot over to uh, not Instagram specifically but IGTV specifically, previews in the main feed, which I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Wait, why, why don't you like, okay, just tell the story. Then we'll get to the conversation. Well, I, because well, if I'm not already, if I'm not already engaging with IGTV, like this is almost just yet another thing that I'm going to be like, sorry, tap. Don't show many more of these, but. Really? I totally disagree with you here. That's, that's cool. <laughs> tell me why. Grace, okay, explain okay. it. And then uh, yeah. Luria, you get time to rebuttal. Go. <laughs> You each get 10 seconds. Um, (laughs) Three, sorry. Uh, Instagram announced that IGTV previews will now be available on users' main Instagram feed. So as you're scrolling through your main Instagram feed, you will see previews. And I think they said they're up to one minute. One, One of our news sources said it was up to a one minute preview of an IGTV video. And remember, these can be up to, what, an hour long, I believe? If you have more than 10,000 subscribers, it's... It's 10 minute video for IGTV, unless you have more than 10,000 subscribers, then it's up to an hour. Okay, perfect. So, but it's only, it's videos of people that you already follow. So it's not showing you anything, anyone that you haven't. So it's not, you're not discovering someone new with this, in other words. And uh, you can, you have the option of tapping the video preview in your main feed and going to watch the the full video on IGTV. So that is the news. It was late breaking yesterday. I don't know anything else about it. Take it away, Maria. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So IGTV has completely, well, maybe not completely, but failed in a big way because of discoverability, because it's a completely different app. It's hard to watch. I don't, I don't watch IGTV videos because it's not easy for me. I'm already in the Instagram app and they they started, they've been trying to figure out how to get us to watch videos. So this yeah. is a response to this lack of interest in IGTV videos in the first place. They tried to put a banner up at the top of the I, Instagram app itself. I never click on those. I do, but I, only to tap the X to get rid of it. <laughs> so, I so think, negative. Yeah, you are. Wow, I'm I'm shocked. What do we have to get do to get to your attention, Eric? Um, I think that this is actually really beneficial to discoverability is having them in the feed. Having said that, 
I had to search. And so I spent more time on my Instagram app just looking for an IGTV video <laughs> when this news came out. I was like, where is it? One, where's one? What does this look like? Where's one? I, <laughs> I was like on there for 30 minutes trying to find one. Maybe I'm yeah. exaggerating a little, but you know, I finally found one from Jasmine Star, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I actually like this because I will watch videos in the Instagram app but I'm not going to click over to go watch a video that feels like a more heavy ask of my time because Mm -hmm. it can be 10 minutes. It can be an hour. Like, Oh, that feels so heavy to me right now. And I'm just looking at pictures, (laughs) but if I, but if there's an, a minute video that like preview that catches my attention and then causes me to click that, go watch the whole thing or go watch full video. I think it says, bam, I'm in, right? I'm sold by that point. So I think it's huge. It's an awareness play. I think Mm -hmm. the thing for me is I'm not certain as a person who I I don't create IGTV stuff content wise, but if I did, what I don't understand from what they're doing with this is how much control as the video creator do I have over what minute is going to show up and if it's going to be, uh, is it going to show up for every single time I put a new video out? Do I get to choose only to do them with certain ones? Like, yeah. so, so I'm not bombarding people, but I'm giving you like, oh my gosh, like I keep, I've put out, you know, let's say I put out five videos this month, this fifth one, this is the one I really want you to watch. So that's the one I definitely want them to see the preview for. And I want to select specifically what part of it they get to see that entices them to come over. And so I just feel like the details aren't there. That's a really good point for sure. In the the one instance that I found, um, <laughs> it was it was just the first minute of the video. So it, yeah. it may just play the first minute, which means you got to produce good content, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if it's just the intro, then yeah. Don't, that, don't be messing around in that intro. <laughs> just, yeah. I, Gotta get in. I'll, I'll say this. I will concede this. I think that if it's already somebody I'm following on Instagram and it just so happens to be then that it's their, it's their IGTV content. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then two, again, if I'm on IGTV and I'm putting stuff out there, then yeah, I want, I want more eyeballs on it. So I guess I'm okay with this. I just want people to not make crappy IGTV stuff and have it show up in my feed. Wait, hold on. So did, did I just convert you? Maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of potential here. So yes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> there's already a lot competing for our attention in the Instagram feed, right? So you've got there ads, is. of course, which I buy from all the time. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Guilty. And then uh, you know, there's your main photo feed, there's stories, and now I get an alert every time someone I know post a story now and there's a million other things. And so this is just one more thing. And I think the feed is getting away from and distracting from what people like, like Larry is saying, like, I just want to see pictures of fluffy things and pretty houses. And, and, you know, (laughs) I'm okay watching a full video if, if it's attracted my attention and Mm -hmm. I'm willing to spend that time on it. Right. But I'm never going to go click away to watch a video when I'm on Instagram, which was their whole problem in the first place. So I think it at least gives us a chance as content creators to get seen a little bit more. I just... Because it's natively in the feed. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You did. You did win me over. I, yeah, I have to. You concede. won over Eric. Yeah. So excited. I, I feel so, like I deserve a star or something. Yes. Like yes. A sticker. I don't. I don't have uh, like sound effects or anything, but the slow clap is there. So. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so then let's move on to our third piece of video news here, and then into some other Twitter stuff. So this is a Periscope related thing. Uh, th- this Periscope thing is a little interesting because it's video, but also involves audio. Twitter rolled out this change, so Periscope can now allow now allows video broadcasters to bring up to three up to three audience members into a live stream, but only audio at this moment. So it's only audio call-ins from the guests, and uh, they are looking at adding a video sharing component. So uh, and may even bring these call-ins to. And this is just on mobile for right now. Uh, they are looking at video sharing and then also audio call-ins coming to the main Twitter app as well, and then. Uh, maybe possibly rolling it this out to the desktop, but for right now, it's just audio up to four people on a call at a time or on a on a video at a time, and you can and they have to be in your audience, right? So, 
just like everything else, right? So, and then once one person drops off, you can add someone else and and uh, and they have to, you have to invite them to join. Like people can't just be like, I want to be on the show. So. <laughs> you do have to invite them in. So I, I think that the, the unique aspect here is, is it's, you're inviting people in, their thumbnail is there, but you're going to only hear their audio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not true live video um, uh, guesting. No. In other words, you know, it's just I don't I don't know. I mean, this is this, I don't think any right, Luria, like no other live streaming live video platform out there has you just. on live video and then audio from other people. Yeah, right? yeah, it My- is. It is a little odd. Um, and uh, I have to say they came out with a pretty rocky start. So had they tried to do video, it probably would have failed even bigger. But um, they they did have a lot of problems stalling, buffering. The replays didn't work. I'm in the I'm in the you know the private like group for Periscopers who have like status and stuff. But I don't even use Periscope anymore. It's just because it it just the decline of of actual usage and and beneficial usage has just gone way down. Anyway, mm-hmm. it 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 is a little weird. You know, like to have a video, a live video with just audio, mm-hmm. but some people are loving it. So, you know, to each his own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think they were, I hate to harp on Periscope because I'm sure, like the team, I'm sure is just working really hard. I know that they love their users. Um, but at the same time, I think they're feeling so far behind in the live video space that mm-hmm. they just wanted to get something out the door and be kind of more like Instagram where you can invite people, you know, top bottom and their video is on and they have a conversation. I think they wanted to have that feeling. Maybe they just didn't have enough time to do the video aspect of it. I'm sure it's coming, but um I don't know. If you're going to do video, go all the way in my well, opinion. We, we right now this show is live on Periscope. We've got four different squares or rectangles, I should say. Let's be, yeah. let's be technically correct. Uh, where it's it's uh, me and Luria and Grace, and then a screen share. And so you're able to do this through other tech, through other apps, other software right. already. Yeah. So for Periscope to come out with it and not come out with it fully seems awkward, or like they have something different in mind for it. Now, and I and that's what I can't figure out. Here's the possibility for that is that they wanted to solve a problem that exists with video to video, which is what are people going to be wearing? <laughs> so, True. I, so I was um, working, I was working with Michael Hyatt on this. Cause I told him um, you got to go live on Instagram and like invite people on. Cause he was wanting to do some Instagram lives. And so I was like, yeah. do this, like, just like have people come on, ask you questions. So he did it. And his question to me was what if, like people start to say something or they're naked or like, I don't remember how he phrased it, but that is a concern, right? Is that what are people wearing or what are they going to say or do when you invite unknown guests on your show? And so perhaps they were thinking, well, maybe this makes it easier because the person doesn't have to be in good lighting. They don't have to be you know, perfect. They don't have to deal with the fear of being on camera, but they can still participate as a community member. Right. There's a there's a negative aspect to that, which is people will kind of hide, as they're saying in the comments, like people will hide behind audio only more so than they would if they're on video. So it's more likely that they're going to say something mean or bad or whatever if they're just on audio. So pros and cons to both, I suppose. Right. (laughs) If somebody was not camera ready or self-conscious and but wanted to join in and talk. They can because they can yeah. do audio only. So that's yeah. a pro. So. It is a pro. It is a pro because it, it a lot of people are very fearful. Like if I do the side by side or the um, the guest invite on Instagram, which I do, people I have to talk pe- some people into it. They're like, eh, yeah. I'm a little afraid right now. I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, you got it. You know, it's just like kind of work them up and. <laughs> So there is a pro there for sure. Yeah. So, so I, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. I, I'd love to say, I mean, maybe if they made it to where it was optional, you could yeah. be audio, you could pick. 
that maybe that's what they're working towards. I don't know. But I was just looking for why, you know, again, with Twitter, it's like, what's their uniqueness here? Because when right. they're all the same, it's like, what does it matter anymore? Which one you choose, right? Because we've all right. got all these different networks. Yeah, so. right. Well, I should say that this is right now something that they're experimenting. So not everyone has this. So if you go to your Periscope or Twitter app and you don't find it, it's, it's okay. They're still trying to check, figure this out and trying to work out some of these bugs that you know we've just talked about, some of these concerns. And so it is available on iOS and Android, but um, a select few, and it should roll out more broadly. And they're saying that this is really something that they're hoping would appeal to the podcast. I don't think it was them specifically. It was a publication that said they they think that there is a, they're trying to appeal to like the podcasters yeah so, with this so we'll see where it goes all right uh, more Twitter news so let's talk about this API access and the follow unfollow stuff oh jeez okay so <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so I don't know how rampant this apparently it's rampant enough that's an issue so Twitter cut off a- API accesses to access to services that allow rapid follow and unfollow on the platform, which is a ploy to get users to follow back. Um, so you see someone's following you, you follow them back, and then when they follow you back, you un- you unfollow them, right? So th- I think this is something that runs rapid. So there are th- there were three services that do this, and it is a violation of Twitter's API rules. It also generates notification spam, j- uh, degrades the user experience, and really dilutes the real human interaction on the platform, which is something that Twitter is trying to recapture. So they cut off, and then so they cut off access, and they they listed the three as uh, manage, flitter, status brew, and crowdfire were the three that have been banned. So, and this was reported to us by TechCrunch. So, uh, Twitter apparently is allowing these companies to come back as a, with a new developer account and register as a new compliant and register new compliant apps, but the existing apps will remain suspended for now. It's interesting. Finally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's one of it again. This is one of the noise contributors. Yeah, uh, yeah. on on Twitter, and that is key as to what they're trying to get rid of. They're trying to get they're trying to uh, make sure the signal is there, the community, the interaction, mm-hmm. the, the the commenting, the uh, conversations. The truth but is, the they noise, should have done yeah. this a long time ago, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've yeah. kind of turned a blind eye to this for years, and. Why do you use services like this? It makes no difference <laughs> whatsoever, except for just gaining numbers that don't actually mean anything. So <laughs> yeah, they should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> this is something that Instagram actually was yeah. cracking down on recently. And so it, it's kind of like, hey, why are we just now doing this? But so especially with all the uh, the the developer head, the, the headaches they gave developers about API stuff years ago and yeah. even up till through till now like this is one of the things that they allowed the whole time you know mm-hmm. anyway again try not to be negative i'm just calling out like <laughs> this is the pattern i'm seeing yeah like, and and yeah numbers are social proof but the more and more advertisers and people get used to this idea that people do this and and they actually start looking at engagement over numbers, which is starting to happen, and will continue down that path. Um, that that means nothing, right? Like once you realize that somebody has no engagement, what does right. it really mean? There's no social proof. Yep. Right. Uh, so speaking about Twitter numbers, they actually had a quarter four call, <laughs> and their numbers weren't so good. Some of their numbers were Some good. Of them. So they increased their revenue and their daily active users declined. So I did dig into this, Eric, and this was the first time that they revealed their daily numbers. Okay. So, yeah. Previously, they would only – they would measure if you logged onto Twitter at least once in a month, you counted. So <laughs> – Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they they are now saying that it has 126 million daily users, people logging on, interacting on there actively on there, and these um, these only account monetizable users. So I'm assuming that that means no bots <laughs> does not include bots. Well, um, I mean that means them logging in through the official Twitter or official right. mobile right. apps. Right. So if you never signed in through those and only a third party, you wouldn't be counted, actually. That's weird. That is weird. But 
Oh no, but they have been cracking down on third-party apps, haven't they? So yes. So that's where it's going. And just for comparison's sake, Snapchat uh, reported 186 million daily users, while Facebook has 1.52 billion. So. <laughs> <laughs> Active. Of course, okay, um, of course, Facebook caveat Facebook's 1.52 billion daily active users is across all their platforms. That's Facebook, yeah. that's Instagram, that's Messenger, that's WhatsApp. Yeah. So, right. right. IGTV. <laughs> tipping the scales there. Yes. <laughs> but they also said that their revenue is up 24% year over year in the fourth quarter. So they are making money somehow. <laughs> my, my question is this then, because didn't Twitter, and I should know this from doing the show for a full year last year as the head of it, but I remember Twitter, like we were saying earlier, cracking down on all these bots. So if they got rid of all these bots, why wouldn't their daily active users go down, right? Mm-hmm. So I so this number of them going down, so here I am, I'm going to be positive again. Like I love Woo-hoo. Twitter. I think that yeah. the number going down, yeah. but it being more human, great. Not a problem. Right. So agree. I do think it's interesting that Snapchat has 186 million daily active users, whereas <laughs> Twitter has 126, yeah. 60 million more daily active users. But then again, Snapchat is a chatting app, although Twitter mm-hmm. is as well. But Snapchat's more of a one to one. So right. I don't know. Well, Twitter did uh, attribute the decline to product changes. So like you said, Eric, cracking down on uh, spammy services, bots, uh, they've made a decision to prioritize the health of the service and not move to a paid SMS carrier relationship in certain markets. And it's also saying to the lesser extent, having to comply with regulations like uh, GDPR in Europe has also mm-hmm. uh, cracked down on this. So, I mean... Yeah, it's it's not the user numbers aren't as good as some of the other sites, but it's it's making itself a better experience. So I have to give them that. I have to say, yeah. I mean, if your revenue is going up and your user base is going down and it's a good quality of people, then go ahead. Do that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so so then that that somewhat echoes what we hear out of Snap except for the the losing of users. But <laughs> their rev- Snap's making money and yeah. they have a stable user base. Like, yeah. who knew? <laughs> you, I mean, because, because typically, yeah. Oh, snap, go snap. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that didn't work. Maybe it did, but. Um, it did, go with it. You hear, you you don't hear a lot about Snapchat as or at least as much as when it was like the hot new thing. And that was yeah. it for marketers after the yeah. users had already been using it for a while. So for it to still be stable user-wise and making money is actually good mm-hmm. news. Yeah. So. yeah, they reported $1.2 billion last quarter uh, for the first time. Uh, and then their user base, I mean, it didn't decline. It just stayed the same. It was, you know, $186 million for the second quarter in a row. So it's holding steady in the third quarter. And I believe last year Snapchat did make a lot of investments in shopping ads, making it – or shopping ads, sorry, shoppable ads. Uh, and they made some investments that I think are pay- paying off. And, I mean, it has a strong audience and a strong following. Can't argue with that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's let's end on this last one, which is Facebook Messenger, which is another chat app. Uh, they're adding this one more feature, this unsend, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, so you can unsend. Uh, you have up to 10 minutes to unsend a message after it's been sent. And this applies to group messages as well as one, one-on-one messaging in Messenger. And it will. Re- you have the option of removing it just for yourself or just removing it for everyone else. So maybe you don't want a memory of what you said but or <laughs> removing it for everyone else. But it will replace, not without some accountability, it will replace... Uh, the message that you delete with a message has been deleted here. So. <laughs> it it kind of made me, we were playing with this on my team and it kind of made me feel like, okay, now I got to know what's like, what, what did you now say? I really Why did you what remove this? Yeah. Like, were you mad? <laughs> what did I say? Like I saw there was like a series of conversations in our team messenger that were deleted. I was like, Paul, what did you say? W- w- were you mad at David? Like, wh- what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta know. <laughs> That's almost worse than what you said to not know uh-huh. what you said. You know? Exactly. Oh. But you know what? 
Maria, if you've ever been in a group chat and someone, and then, oh. then you yeah, then you have the side chat. And you're like, what did you just say? Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> no, I'm, more I'm, messenger usage. <laughs> I am thrilled to keep about this getting it gone, though. You know, like I, the the unsend is long needed, long needed. Yeah. Well, I really so. didn't mean for this to be the Mean Girl episode of the show. It's apparently, not. it is. Come on. <laughs> if, I am. We. I. If we're not Mean Girls, anyways. We are not the dislike mob, but that does end our show. But Luria, I should have mentioned this up front. Um, I wanted for you to tell people where they could find you uh, and live streaming pros. So let's yeah. do that real quick. Sure. Uh, Livestreamingpros.com. <laughs> See, I knew uh, it was that simple. And people yeah. would be like, uh, she said she was live streaming pros. I'll just Google that. I mean, you don't <laughs> want to shame YouTube, people. YouTube, it's that, live yeah. streaming pros. So yes. uh, yeah, we're going to be live at 1 p.m. today. So hopefully, hopefully Sweet. See you there. So yeah, if you guys are watching this live, jump over and watch them live. So <laughs> yeah. awesome. And you'll be speaking Lur- at the conference. Yes. Yes. Do you know what you're speaking about? Or I mean, I know what you're speaking about, but <laughs> we know specifically. What- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually talking about what you can learn from Twitch, the platform that I uh, was, I actually did a podcast episode with you guys, with Mike. Um, yeah, yeah. And so uh, what you can learn from Twitch, but y- about engagement and gamification and use it on any platform at all. So it's there a, it'll, right. it'll be a good one to, uh, to pay attention to. And I can't wait to see you there. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Well, again, that's our show. Wanted to remind you that you can get the recap, the replay and everything else by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. That's where you find every Saturday, the article that then tells you all the different links that we talked about, the links to our guests, everything. Any and everything, it's there. Uh, Thank you, Jeff C., for handling simulcasts. Thank you, Grace Duffy, for being show producer and co-host. Thank you, Eric, for hosting a great show. And thank you, Luria, for being our awesome guest today. This was a very fun and helpful conversation. So Make sure to get this show uh, on your calendar, by the way. You can do that at socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. You can also grab this as a podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and new episodes show up every Monday. Share this show with somebody that you know needs to hear it, whether it's here on YouTube or on Facebook or on Crowdcast or on podcasting, whatever. Wherever you are consuming this content, share it with others so they know as well. And make sure to grab your ticket for Social Media Marketing World. Join us and thousands of other marketers at the mega conference that is going to inspire you, empower you have great networking set up for you. You just don't know unless you've been there and then you do know that Social Media Marketing World 2019 is going to change your life. Go to smmw19.com and again, make sure to join us in our tweet chat on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, the hashtags SME chat. And our next show is next week, February 15th, 2019. We will be eating Valentine's Day candy and sitting here talking about the latest and greatest news and we will see you then And uh, have a great weekend and see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.